0: Welcome in to another edition of MCM Radio. I am Jimmy Morris. Glad to be joined again by Terry Lambert. Terry, welcome back.
1: Thanks. Uh, it was a good good trip to get away before football season started. Uh, kind of unplug and unwind, but back and uh, ready to dive back into some Titans talk. Yeah, absolutely. And
0: Tonight we're going to be joined by Jonathan Hutton. We'll bring him up in just a sec. Before we do that, again, remind you, uh, we are on the Music City Miracles feed now. Uh, so you can follow us there you will also get the titans film room podcast uh, they've been doing a really good job with that so you subscribe to our feed you get both of those shows uh, and again just search music City miracles wherever you're getting your podcast and you'll be able to find us uh, like i said we're going to be we're joined now by jonathan hutton hutton thanks so much for taking the time to join us
2: tonight yeah hey, jimmy terry good to be back with you always enjoy these chats
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, of course, you know Jonathan Hutton, Midday 180, uh, Titans Radio, at Hutton1045 on Twitter. Uh, Tonight we're going to get into just a few Titans-related topics uh, coming off of the second preseason game here. And uh, they got into an interesting topic on their show today about Marcus Mariota, and so that's kind of where we'll start. Uh, We know the Titans theme this year, uh, at least maybe unofficially, but has kind of been to go from good to great. The Titans have been 9-7 last three years. Have been a good team, but obviously not a great team, not a team that you would put up there uh, amongst the ones that are competing for a Super Bowl. And so that's the step they're wanting to take this, this year. And so uh, Jonathan Hutton today brought up on the midday 180 the idea that if the Titans are going to go from good to great, that's going to require that step from Marcus Mariota, um, making that, that a huge leap forward. And so the number he threw out that they should be targeting for Marcus this year uh, as far as passing touchdowns go was 30. And there was a lot of back and forth on that. Um, but I just, I, I kind of wanted to know how you came up with that number and you just kind of give your reasoning around that.
2: Well, I'll, I'll first set it up by saying I I don't think the number has to be right at 30 to achieve what they want to achieve. But I, so we've been batting around different topics for the last few months and, and I'm sure you guys have been saying the mantra good to great quite a bit and we're going through all these position groups and you know, we're saying it Paul and Chad and I were discussing off-air a couple days ago on uh, our final day at camp we're like Let, let's do something where we go through the position groups and discuss whether or not that position group can be good For the Titans to get to great, like what what position groups and parts of the team have to be great in order to achieve what they want to achieve. And so I'm just sitting there thinking about it. And and while you can have a great run game and a great defense, and I was kind of thinking about what uh, some some people were saying about how uh, they feel like the Titans are wasting a great defense on Mariota. I don't necessarily buy that. Um, But if I don't buy that, then what am I saying? Well, I'm saying that I I think Marcus can up his play uh, more than what people are are saying. Well, to do that, and and for the the Titans to actually take that leap past just a very average team, the quarterback's got to do it. He's got to become more than just a very average quarterback. Uh, And, of course, that starts with health, but it also comes with production. And the only way we actually find out collectively, all of us included, coaches, the team, uh, fans, media. The only way we figure that out is if they open things up a bit and let him prove it, prove one way or the other, whether or not he's the guy. Because if you continue just based off of what we saw last year, which I don't think is who they'll be this year. I think last year they built around what they had to go with. Um, and they've added more weapons to the offense, both through the draft and free agency, to build around their quarterback who's in the fifth year. Fifth-year quarterback, uh, put-up-or-shut-up type of year, all excuses out the window, health included. Go out and do it. And the only way you do that is to let him let it rip. You don't do it by turning around and handing off to Derrick Henry. That's not me saying that they can't be a run-based offense, but I, I think but a lot of people view it as this is Derrick Henry's offense. It goes through Henry and Mariota's just a piece, a conduit to throw screen passes and hand off to Derrick Henry. And honestly, it's a lot of the, the same uh, shots that were taken at Robisky and Malarkey uh, not too long ago, but that's actually the best statistical season we have for number eight it was 2016 when he threw 26 touchdown passes to just nine interceptions. So, in a healthy year, that's the base. That's what we saw in an offense that was conservative. I want to see things open up a bit more. He has better weapons now than he did that year. And if he stays healthy, I just set the bar in the upper group of quarterbacks. And when I say upper group, I'm not saying elite. But to find quarterbacks that threw 30 or more touchdown passes last year, there's a group of about 10 that did it. And there's some very average quarterbacks in that group, like Jared Goff. There's some good quarterbacks but not great quarterbacks like Kirk Cousins. And then you have your upper echelon quarterbacks that every team is striving to, to, to find. Mariota can be in that group. I'm not saying he will be, but I, I chose 30 because I think that's what they should strive for. If they are truly trying to go from good to great, which they are, they have to go through their quarterback and their quarterback has to take them there. It's not going to be anybody else. They can have a strong defense and a good run game, and they can be a pretty good team. But they're not going to be a great team. They're going to win eight, nine, maybe ten games if if uh, they have a version of Nick Williams that catches a pass instead of drops one in Buffalo. But is that really who they think they are when they look in the mirror? Uh, they want to be better than that. They want to be better than the Chicago Bears and the Dallas Cowboys who made the postseason. They want to go from good to great, and to do that, They've got to have their quarterback do that. If they don't, they're looking for another quarterback, and we're talking two or three years down the road once again. We're not talking about next year, this year, and the immediate future. That was my overall thought in trying to set the bar at 30, instead of just looking at it and thinking, oh, Vegas says 18 touchdowns in the season, which is what Mario is capable of. you want to bet yes or no? And while that may be good for Vegas... I don't think that's good for the Tennessee Titans. I think he has to be much better than that to, to go where they hope that that this team can take them.
1: Right, and I'm glad you mentioned the the 2016 season. Uh, you know, 26 touchdown passes. Just did some really next level stuff. You know, th- taking linebackers and safeties out of the play with his eyes. You know, that, that's just stuff you don't really see young quarterbacks doing. You know, that's the guy I've got in my head. That, you know, that's the guy that I can't quit on. Uh, and, and that's why I'm still high on Marcus Mariota, and I, man, I, I just hope he he can get back to that, that top level, uh, which he appeared to be you know heading towards in year two.
2: Yeah, and he did that, by the way, with the tight end that was healthy, and he threw to the running back a lot. Uh, DeMarco Murray wasn't the leading receiver, but he was right there close to it. It was Delaney and then DeMarco that year in the passing game. So, when I look at what the Titans have set up with Humphreys and, and Walker, uh, with Dion Lewis, who I, I don't think I've talked about enough this offseason when I've mentioned offensive players, uh, and, and then Corey Davis actually being the version. Uh, last year, Corey Davis's numbers were the same as Rashard Matthews in 2016, roughly 65 catches. Corey Davis is better than Rashard Matthews is. So uh, when I look at the weapons around Marcus, there's no reason to think he can't achieve numbers that we've seen before. And quite honestly, if he's the quarterback that, that uh, he wants to prove, he's going to be better than that version. It all comes down to health, and that's the cliche part. But if he's a healthy version of himself, I think this year he's better than what he was in 2016. So I don't think it's unreasonable to, to set the bar at, at 30. I'm, I, can he get to 25 and everybody be happy and they go to the postseason? Of course. I'm not saying it's do or die. But when I think of what's obtainable, I'm trying to set the bar high because I I think the coaching staff in the front office is doing that.
1: Yeah, building off of that, uh, it feels like we've been driven crazy with this Tannehill versus Mariota debate in the national media. And then you've got, you know, is Delaney going to be cut? You know, you've got that ridiculous article. You've got Vrabel on the hot seat just feels like there's a disconnect uh, with the national media and the Titans. And, and, you know, to a certain point, I get it. Uh, we're a small market team, you know, all things considered. Uh, wanted to ask you, I thought you'd be a pretty good one on this. You you get to talk to a lot of national guys. What's the feeling around Titans? Or do you feel like people know this team? Or, uh, you know, do people kind of take you by surprise with how little they know?
2: It's... It's a difficult question to answer. Um, I, I feel like there are some national media members who do kind of the the outside-looking-in research on the team and don't know much beyond the, the surface-level depth that this team has. Um, I think there are others who know Vrabel from his playing days pretty well. and uh, And have some connections with the Patriots connections that have a good understanding of what this team is striving to be. One uh, example of that would be Albert Breer, who was up in the Boston area and covered uh, that that Patriots era um, and is now a, a national media member. And then there are other guys who are, are here every chance they can to come down and actually observe practice and, and see things. But even then, it's tough to really gauge – their view on the team, because whatever they're basing their opinion on has something to do with the snapshot, the 24 hour snapshot that they witnessed in person. So they may see Mariota have a terrible day. And he had a couple of those this off season. I didn't witness them. Paul would come back from OTAs and say, man, this was, this was not good. This is very up and down. But if that's the one practice you're looking at based on Mariota and Tannehill, and you do a report on a quarterback battle, you're, informed only on what you saw in person and you're basing a lot of your opinions off of what you spent your time spent in national so i get it um i I do think there are media members that that have a decent pulse of the of the team ian rappaport comes to mind uh he's down here more often than a lot of the national media members peter king hasn't been to town in two years on his tour um, uh, Kaplan, uh, he made it a point to, to come to Nashville for what was like an 18-hour visit. He flew in, flew out on the same day, uh, but he still came to practice for about two hours, what was open to the public. So I, I respect some of the guys that, that push and grind, but also they'll admit it's tough to really gauge what you're seeing in one practice. So, um uh, it, it's tough to say if the, if it's fair or not because they're they're spending as much time as they can here, but some never actually come. And then you see you see guys on on, on a national scale saying that they have uh, an informed op- op- opinion on the Titans finishing fourth in the division. And I'm thinking, where did this come from? There's a disconnect in Jacksonville with their locker room. Uh, Houston's roster has been just as banged up as Tennessee's has been. And who knows what's going on in Indianapolis, uh, even though I've, I'm still surprised that, that the injury with Luck is continuing. But if he's not there, we know that team isn't the same. So, yeah, I'm, most of the time I'm surprised by the the, the lack of coverage. But you, you mentioned it when you mentioned the market. It's it's tough to get people to tune in when you have a small market on TV. I, under, I completely understand why they put the New York and the Boston and the L.A.s Ahead of everybody else when it comes to NFL news. And the Dallas and the Pittsburghs, their fan bases are just so much bigger. And people are going to tune in. Even if you're not a huge fan of those teams, you're tuned in because of some star power connection.
0: All right, coming up, we will finish up our chat with Jonathan Hutton. Okay, so the Titans have been... I mean, I think pretty lucky as far as injuries have been concerned in this camp. I mean, they've had guys that have missed time. But, uh, you know, as as of this point, we've gotten through two preseason weeks without without the big devastating injury. But, you know, I think today maybe was the first time or the last couple of days was the first time that you've had the guys that you think are going to be your, your starting weapons on the field at the same time. And Corey Davis, Adam Humphreys. Delaney Walker, Jonu Smith, Derrick Henry, all on the field at the same time. Um, how big of a deal is it, do you think, that they have gone through this training camp and have not had those guys with the ability to work together for an extended period of time?
2: Yeah, that, It's a great question because I, I think based on position – It's a different answer. I'm not as concerned with Derrick Henry missing time to make sure he's healthy as much as I would be if Corey Davis were not out there with his quarterback. So I I think there's more value in Mariota working with Davis than there is Mariota having Henry behind him. Um, While you may not be able to get certain run fits in practice, uh, maybe those run fits are more valuable in a preseason game when it's full contact. We'll see if, if Henry plays this week against, against Pittsburgh on Sunday. But I, so I, I think it depends on the position. It is a big deal, though, for Mariota collectively to have his entire offense. And mainly more than Mariota, I think uh, Arthur Smith, you know, being able to really dig in and, and put that offense together with how versatile he can be. 11, 12, or 13 personnel and how he wants to use the running backs and some two running back looks too. So, I I think it's big for for Smith to see everything out there on the field and to actually evaluate things moving forward. I think it's a big deal that they get them back out there with about two weeks to spare Uh, because I, I, I think now you're not nearly as concerned as what you might be had this gone on past preseason game number three. I don't think all those guys will play on Sunday, but well, again, you're getting some valuable practice time right now that I think pays off in Cleveland. I, I don't think they'll show their whole hand by any means uh, in a preseason performance. I, I do subscribe to the idea of getting Henry a few carries, though, and, and it's simply to, to make sure the O line is cool. Uh, especially with the one not being out there make sure the O-line is cool with all the run fits and, and different things they are going to do for pass protection with Henry involved uh, Other than that, I, I think they were completely fine going into to the regular season and, and trying to put everything together I, I again, I think it's bigger for the wide receivers than the running backs to be out there with the quarterback
1: Week three of the preseason the the back end of this roster is uh, starting to take shape uh, kind of give me your feel for where these battles are at, and and you know who's going to be in this competition for the final two or three spots on this roster.
2: Yeah, so I I think McNichols is squarely in the mix. He's got to show something on special teams. Uh, Fluellen being banged up uh, helps his case, and I think the other thing that helps his case is his versatility. So I, I like. McNichols chances as it stands right now with fluellen still on the mend with his knee injury so and the versatility with McNichols I think speaks more to what a Deion Lewis brings to the roster uh, more so than just being a, a backup for Derrick Henry um, and and the reason why McNichols hasn't been able to stick on a roster uh, throughout his his short career has been because of special teams I, if he could show something like that he could be one of those guys that we're we're saying deserves a a true roster spot. So uh, beyond that, I think there are options on the defensive line, and they are in desperate need of some depth at at outside linebacker and pass rush. And there may be a guy that's not on this roster right now that gets a look here uh, simply because what they've seen, they they can't decide on whether or not it's it's, uh, of roster value. Uh, there are, there are, I think, some really good, talented players uh, that will be lost in the shuffle in the secondary. And that's only because the Titans are as deep in that position that I've ever, I've ever seen. Uh, and I, I started in 2005. I, I, I think the secondary is legit, and there's going to be some difficult cuts made in a normal year. There will be guys that, that would not be cut, um, that, that would be locked, in some of the discussions, so I think the, that'll be interesting to see where they go in the secondary depth-wise with a guy like Ty Smith. Uh, the the player I really like is JoJo Tillery, and while he's practice squad uh, caliber, I, I think if you were if this were the Wizman Hunt era, and you and I were talking, we'd be talking about JoJo Tillery being on the roster. He's he's really impressed me. Up front of the defensive line, uh, Matt Dickerson has been the, maybe the most consistent player. Day in and day out, Brent Urban has flashed some nice things, and he's going to be a part of this group. But Dickerson is a guy who was undrafted last year, as you know, and and has done nothing but be consistent in the run game, where they need some help in that area. And then Isaiah Mack continues to to have some consistent things with his game that that show up on film uh, from from guys like Coach Mack and others that that I get a chance to talk to every day. So I uh, I think defensively. The only depth concern would be an outside linebacker, and up front of the offensive line, Kevin Palmfield is going to get the right guard job because Jamil Douglas missed out on some opportunities. They they tried to give Douglas every chance to make that a a, a competition, and while he he's flashed some nice things, and they've tried to move him around and be versatile with him, I think that's Palmfield's starting job whenever we actually get to Cleveland.
0: Yeah, that was going to be my last thing. Um, you know, Nate Davis, I think had a chance maybe if, if he could have been healthy all of camp to battle for that. But I mean, you think at this point, Palmfield's got that locked up just with everything else that's gone on.
2: Yeah, I think I think Davis, while I mean he could certainly come in and, and knock their socks off if he, he can get on the field. I I think Palmfield has been the most consistent, and ultimately that's what they they started camp with the first two days of practice. Um, it was it was Palmfield at right guard, and and they've rotated and shuffled some pieces in there. Uh, and, and Douglas was there in practice number three, the first full padded practice. Douglas was the with the first team at right guard. I think Palmfield's been. Uh, I, I I won't say he's hands down won the job. I think he wins by default, just based on the fact that Davis has been has been hurt, hasn't been able to play, and and we've seen. Uh, not enough consistent play behind uh, behind what Palm Phil was was able to offer. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think Douglas I don't think Douglas wins that job. I think it's it's Palm Phil, and then eventually Davis once he can get out there and, and show that he's capable and ready.
0: All right, last thing on the way out, uh, give me just a couple things that you're looking for Sunday night against the Steelers.
2: First and foremost. And, and when Coach Mack listens back to this, he's going to say, you better mention injuries. The whole key is to get out of week three healthy. <laughs> so that's first and foremost. Beyond that, I, I, I'm looking for the small the small things. The worst play to me this past week, um, w- watching that game back, was uh, there was a third and one carry and a hurry-up offense on the second possession. And they were in opponent territory, and they go third and one with Deion Lewis. And it wasn't like the, the defensive front for New England got a great push. It was just very half-hearted and lackadaisical. And while I'm fine with that because it's preseason, I, I kinda, I wanna, I, there's no way the coaching staff is fine with that. And the, the players shouldn't be either. So I, I want to see them pick up the small yardage runs. Uh, the the drive-extending plays, the third-and-threes, the third-and-ones, uh, make the layup catches. And for Corey Davis, there, he, he, he had a couple that he dropped that should be layup catches for him at this stage. And I, I thought Mariota threw the ball well the other night against New England. I want to see just consistent passes from him, nothing sailing off his hand. Uh, and, and while I, they don't have to drive down and get a touchdown every time, I do want to see a flow and a rhythm with their – with their defense or with their offense, Uh, defensively run game. I, I just want to see them against the run. And if they're really game planning, while I don't think Pease is going to show much of what he can do up front in the pass rush department, I want to see them consistently stop the run, which collectively they've done okay with through the first two weeks, but they haven't game planned the opponent. And it's been very vanilla from opposing offenses. If this is a dress rehearsal type game, especially in the first half, let, let's see them stuff Pittsburgh's run a bit and get ready for the season. Because defensively, if, if we we started all this by talking Mariota, defense, defensively they're going to be pretty good. I think everyone agrees that there's not a true, just glaring weak spot with their starting group. Uh, and glaring weak spot, I'm saying. And and the only spot last year that was just uh, okay was their run defense. They were just okay in that department. Uh, pass. They got to the quarterback by being uh, Being creative with what Pease was scheming up, so they can get better off the edge. But they did get to the quarterback in some meaningful, some meaningful moments last year. But they need to go from middle of the pack run defense to top ten, right on the fringe of that, to really be the 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 stopping group that they they hope to be. So I'm, I'm looking for that. And and again, just get out of there healthy with no depth concerns at at some of the critical positions like linebacker wide receiver, and, uh, of course, we're going to go quarterback.
0: All right. Well, Hutton, we appreciate you so much taking the time to join us tonight. You got it.
2: Take it easy on Paul next week.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we'll do, yeah. We're supposed to have Paul Karski on early next week, so that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, You can obviously find Jonathan Hutton on the Midday 180, every day on 104.5 from 10 to 2, uh, and also as the game day host, Titans Radio, and on Twitter at Hutton1045. So, again, uh, Music City Miracles is what you need to search for. If you're trying to subscribe to this podcast, you get our show and Titans Film Room Radio. Check us out there. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Jim Morris MCM. Terry is at TN. So for Jonathan Hutton and Terry, this is Jimmy saying thanks so much for listening, and we will talk to you again later.